everyone welcome back it's time for another episode of cranked and ranked uh for those of you who are new cranked and ranked is a podcast where we rank rock and metal and and music in general related things like band discographies and our favorite albums of our specific year or whatever else we happen to come up with out of our amazing brains i say our it's eddie's amazing brain and then i am just sort of here as the presenter. Um, and we got, so, uh, we so, got yeah, a couple so, brain cells between us. <laughs> a, a couple, I think. But uh, <laughs> so as usual, um, I am Stephen, a.k.a. Old Head, and with me as always is Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Greetings. That's right. my Eddie that was- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's today it's Eddie today Eddie's name is Eddie Vetter and not Eddie Sparks. I, I, I just <laughs> oh yeah, just, <laughs> you're both named. I just Eddie. realized. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, yeah, Pearl Jam is the band today. In case you didn't already realize it, we are going to be ranking the studio albums from the classic. I'm not going to say grunge because I don't consider them a grunge band. Alternative rock band. Pearl Jam. Um, we'll get into that a little more later about the whole grunge label. But um, today, this is going to be a two-parter because Pearl Jam have 11 albums, and we believe in giving the conversation the space that it deserves. And so today is going to be the bottom six albums uh, that, in our, our our estimations in the Pearl Jam catalog. Um Warning for anyone that may be tuning in that's a massive Pearl Jam fan. Um, I'm not going to be nice about everything. <laughs> so if, if you're tuning into this podcast for a for a circle jerk about Pearl Jam, you're going to get a little bit of that. But uh, it's it's there's going to be some criticisms from me anyway. Um, this will so, be the more critical of the of the two episodes for yeah. sure. Um, and so, yeah, so yes, let's just, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. As we normally do when we begin these, we talk about where we came on board with Pearl Jam. Uh, me being the older of the two of us, I actually discovered Pearl Jam when they came out. Like I saw the music video for, I believe, I feel like Even Flow was the first one that I saw, but I think the Alive video may have come out first. I don't really remember, but um, I was already on board with a lot of this music. Like, I think I got Nirvana Nevermind before I got Pearl Jam 10. But at that point, like, my my world had been completely opened up because I was already into metal. But bands like Faith No More, Living Color, King's X, all of these things, they had all sort of opened me up to be completely ready for a band like Pearl Jam because they, you know, they were they were they were rock music, but they weren't, you know that they weren't like shredding and stuff like that. And, and there weren't like riffs. I mean, I guess they have some riffs, but you know what I'm saying? No, no crunchy riffs like the metal that I was listening to. But, um, I remember seeing the the video for the song even flow and and the song just got stuck in my head. And so I just remember going to the mall. I think I went with my older brother. He may have even bought the CD for me back when they had CDs in long boxes 
Um, yeah. And I remember, because I remember like walking through the mall with my Pearl Jam album. And, 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 the, and the, if I remember right, the long box had the entire like Pearl Jam, like the little name, name that was sculpted or something or whatever, whatever it is in the album artwork. Yeah. Um, but I just remember getting home and popping in the CD. This was around the time that I had just gotten, you know, CD player. And I just remember just thinking, man, this is a fucking great album. And, and I was really into Pearl Jam from that point on. I mean, they are a band that I have to admit that I have fallen off with, but I like them enough to where I keep tabs on what they're doing. So I have listened to every album they've done when it came out, whether or not I liked it or not, that's, we'll get to that in our discussion. But um, when did you come on board with GTA San Andreas? I mean, Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Funnily enough, this is, this is not one of those times. Uh, It was actually um, my, my uncle. I remember. Ah, yeah. Was it a? This is this is relatively early, actually, in my uh, musical discovery. So I was kind of, I was really into Metallica at this point. You're talking like mid 2010, and I was at like the dinner table with him at like a family meal or something. And I said to him, I said to him something along the lines of, "So Metallica is your favorite band, right?" Is he said, "Well, actually, I do love Metallica, but Pearl Jam is my favorite." And I was like. Pearl Jam, you say? Who are these guys? And, you know, he basically said, go do yourself a favor. Just go buy 10 and enjoy the ride. Holy yeah. shit, he was right. You know, what cool fucking music. And I hadn't heard anything like it at the time. You know, I was still mm-hmm. I was still very thrash kid, but this opened my eyes to like a whole other era. And I was like, ah, this is something that, sonically appeals to me and i feel like i feel like we need to have your uncle on the show (laughs) yeah (laughs) like because he's he seems like so important in your early days of getting into music oh yeah for sure yeah it's like a taste wise it's like a carbon copy (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm essentially just just in two (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um it's a it's a good yeah, it was a, it was a really good way for me to get into grunge. Seeing as this is probably the the first grunge band I took to, being like it took me a couple of years to do a full deep dive of grunge, but Ten was kind of there from the beginning. But yeah, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, when you heard that album though, did it even dawn on you that there it was part of a of quote unquote grunge, like, cause it seems just like a rock album to me. Did it, did it really have elements that made you think, Oh, this is part of something different. I, I just heard it. And I thought I, I saw a bunch of people online call it grunge and that's yeah, what yeah. I associated it with. So yeah, that, that was kind of like, because I'm coming into it, you know, 19, 20 years after the fact, <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like I, I was bombarded with everybody's like, oh, top ten grunge albums, ten's in there, yeah, okay, ten is grunge, Pearl Jam's yeah. grunge, yeah. That's when <laughs> that's why it's that's why I love doing the podcast because of the different ways that we we get to to discover this music because discovering yeah. like even even like when I was younger and I would discover bands that were from the seventies, I got to hear them with already all of this extra context or whatever you know around it 
Whereas, you know, yeah. with something like Pearl Jam, fu- funny enough, like not, well, there we, we're in July. So in one month is like the 30th anniversary of Pearl Jam bursting onto the scene. Like we're Holy coming shit. up very soon. Cause it was in August, I believe when the Pearl Jam album came out. And so, yeah, so this is a very timely couple episodes here. Cause the band is 30, 30 years of them doing music. That's pretty insane. And yeah. Aside from the drummer, all the same dudes. So that's, you know, mm. and and some would say that they leveled up big time with their drummer, because <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt Cameron is a, is a badass on the drums. Um, funnily, funnily enough, he's not my favorite Pearl Jam drummer though. But we'll we'll get to that eventually. So let's go ahead and jump right into our album ranking. And I say this a lot, and I'll probably say it every episode. The ranking of these albums is the less important part of what we're talking about. The discussion of the albums is what's important. So especially for me, when I'm ranking these bottom half albums, it's like, well, a lot a lot of these didn't click with me the way that higher up ones did. So it's all just my perception of things and what I feel is the quality of these particular albums. But at the end of the day, like it's it's, you know, it's really just talking about them that's important. So where they go in our lists yeah. is not really that important, especially because a year from now our lists could completely change. You never know. Um, yeah, so, it's, it's never set in stone. It's always subject yeah. to change, but yeah. So let, without further ado, though, let's go ahead and jump into your, this would be your number 11 Pearl Jam album. It will. And uh, so my number 11 is Riot Act. Okay, cool. So, Riot Act. During, because because this band is, they're very, they're very complex in in terms of how different people view them. Because yeah, from from looking into it, I always do a little bit of research to kind of understand the fans as well. Yeah. Uh, leading up to these episodes and. During my research on what fans think of the of the albums, you know, I never saw this one higher up than the bottom or the second to last place. Mm-hmm. And this album has its upsides, but it's not it's not very memorable. It's very stripped down alt rock. It's got a cool energy to it. And there's some very uplifting choruses on here, like Can't Keep and I Am Mine, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I I will say I haven't like properly listened to this album in about eight years. So it was nice to hear something I only remembered slightly in like a corner of my mind. Um, yeah, I feel like though this album is more of a statement from them than what they had previously done. And so maybe that yeah. let some fans down because it wasn't so focused on hooks. Um, whereas yeah. if you go to the album prior to this, was Yield the one before this? There's a lot of hooks. Uh, binaural. In... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, but even <laughs> then, that one that one still seemed a little bit more hooky than this album does. Yeah, it's it's you got to account for the fact as well. They were they were reeling off of the tragedies of you know a nine eleven, which yeah. seemed to have affected them a lot. And I mean, you know, anyone in America, obviously. But um, they they were yeah. in the same camp as me. There were there were a lot of us who um, sure we were all affected by nine eleven. But I think um, 
our president's response to things made it worse. And a lot, a lot yeah. of us, a lot of us felt sort of like, who the fuck is this person that's leading us? And who, who the fuck are we as a country? And I feel like on this album, you get a little bit of that from them too. Cause this, this one also has the Bush leaguer song on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they, they made some enemies with the right wingers, you know, way back then, <laughs> probably <Yeah. laughs> earlier than that, but still. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's also an, another tragedy as well that kind of messed them up was the rock slide festival where there was that big crush that, um, killed about like nine fans. And I, oh, I didn't know that. That was, that was while they were playing that. Yeah, that was, that was while they were playing. And uh, I believe that happened just prior to like the the album the, or them making this album. So it was kind yeah. of there's there's a lot of I don't know how to I don't know how to accurately word it, but I feel like there was a lot of anguish behind the scenes. They were mm-hmm. kind of struggling to process things, and from an emotional standpoint, I I th- I think it was a hard record for them to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not as memorable as some of their other records from a song perspective, but it's at least sonically interesting quite a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, that said, for that reason, it it's going to be one of those I don't revisit that often, seeing as I feel like they have a lot of way better albums, but it's still an interesting footnote in their discography. Uh, and it, and it's, it's very much a timepiece at this point because... You know, as of next year, this will be a twenty-year-old album. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird to me that a time when I was around is now it's now twenty years old. You know, me Shit. being twenty-three. <laughs> the the other day, I was posting about um, High and Dry, the Def Leppard album, and I was like, "Oh, it's been forty years," because <laughs> like because I was. I was alive around then too. And so that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I know how old I am, but sometimes when you, when you put it with <laughs> the date of an album, it really makes you feel very old. Like, like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My big thing at the minute is like kids shows I used to watch and it's like, uh, SpongeBob is now, has now been around for 22 years and I'm thinking 22 years wow. and I was there before that 23 yeah, it's 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 wild. It's wild. And I know a lot of older folks are going to say, wait till you get to 50. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I'm already yeah. processing this shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, very, it's, very, it's very weird. It's a thing that people prior to like this kind of media, you know, mass produced music and television and movies and stuff like that. Nobody ever yeah. had. I don't think anyone ever had those moments like you mean we bought that horse 30 years ago you know it's like there's there was no concept of that it's a very modern thing to have some yeah. sort of media come back you know that was in your life and it's or it may still be in your life but then all of a sudden you're reminded of how long ago this particular thing was it's like we have yeah. way more markers to tell us how old we are than than they did in the past i mean how um, are you done first... with i didn't mean to cut you off that's okay. I I was gonna say the first ever um like proper I know I've I I feel like I have to mention it every episode, but like 
the first 3D, aka proper GTA, is now 20 years old. That that wow. was GTA 3, which came out and you know it's that there are very important games to my music taste for those new yeah. around here. So yeah, but yeah, the first proper one came out in 2001, which is 20 years ago. Wow, Wild. that's insane. <laughs> those, those games still seem seem very modern to me, like they were pretty recent, but that's not the case. It's just because I've never played games, so that doesn't even click with me at all. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'd say that's probably like the most noticeable difference from when I grew up, because I still hear stuff in music nowadays that I'm like thinking, I could have heard that in 2006, but mm-hmm. like with games especially in terms of like rapid evolution in terms of like vr and the ship we've got now compared to you know the ps1 when i was first born like time is a crazy thing and this is a great band that kind of encapsulates that because they've been through a lot of different stages in their career but yeah yeah so that's my number 11 right act (laughs) <laughs> Sweet. Um, that's not my number 11, although I agree with most of what you said there. Um, my number 11 um, is the 2013 album Lightning Bolt. Right on. Which, um, so the thing I've noticed about Pearl Jam's, almost all of their albums, except for maybe the first few, they always have a nice way of starting them off with a lot of energy and urgency and then they peter off pretty fast. Like, you yeah. know, you will get, oh, this is going to be rocking. And then it, and then that kind of goes, you might get another rocking one later, but it seems like it, it, they, they, they front load it with exciting things. And, um, this is no different. Um, so my problem with, and this is not just this album. Um, it's not as interesting. It's the least interesting album that they did to me. But the thing that I really get got when I was going back and listening to all of these albums again is that at a certain point, Pearl Jam started to sound like they were making rock music that that's made by and for people who don't really listen to a lot of rock music. So, yeah. so there's a whole lot of things that are that just seem so like. Uh, um, like, <laughs> like, like most of them are people that listen to, I, I feel like they're people that listen to folk and jazz and all these other things. And Pearl Jam is the rock band they listen to. And so the expectations for things being more interesting is not even there. There's no, don't, nobody cares. I mean, some people do, but so you come to somebody like me that I want things to be interesting There's not a lot of that with modern Pearl Jam. And Mm. um, that doesn't mean that they're not a great band because they are a great band. I think every album they've done is enjoyable in one way or another, some more so than others. But the fact that they, I think they're a perfectly good band and they were once a great band, like that's, there's a big difference there. And I'm not talking about as a live band because I don't think I've actually seen live footage of Pearl Jam in many years. So maybe they still put on a really great show. But um, musically speaking, their first three albums at least 
were so exciting when they came out. And when I hear them now, they still sound like a band that's like, you never know what you're going to get from us, but it's going to fucking, you know, be amazing. And now, yeah, even with Eddie Vedder's vocals, like he, he's older now. I understand that he's older and he doesn't have the same range that he used to. But now that he's got a very limited range, the kind of vocals he does, they're very samey. You could literally take yeah. his vocals from one and put it in another, and it would probably fit. And that makes it kind of boring, even though he's still got that really nice Eddie Vedder tone. Like, he's got a tone to his voice that's very pleasing. And I like yeah. hearing him sing, but the fact that there's not enough room one way or another um, that he's going... It makes it a little bit dull after a while. And I can't really he's all he's older. Not all singers can uh manage to continue to pull off, you know, all of their ranges or even, you know, anything dynamic when they get older. But um I mean he's still a better singer than me. But the one thing the thing that I wrote here, and this was literally after listening to most of the albums. I wrote this down yeah. because this this will put it into context for you and anyone who's who's listened in the past. I enjoy modern Red Hot Chili Peppers more than I enjoy modern Pearl Jam. That's wow. <laughs> so holy shit! If that tells you anything, um, just because there's just not a lot for me to sink my teeth into. It's just like a good band putting out a perfectly fine album. And that is it at the end of the day. And out of all of their albums, Lightning Bolt to me is the most, quote unquote, perfectly fine. And so it comes in at number 11. Um, don't, I, I, if I'm, I'm being really cruel here, um, if, I, if, I, if I ever am cruel about a band, it's only because they have things that I'm passionate about in a positive way. And so when I, when I find myself at the other end of those things, I'm just like, oh, man. And so yeah. that's why it's got to come out that way. But that was my number 11. Two way street. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So my number ten is binaural. Okay. So uh this is the first album to feature Seattle Scene Legend. Uh drummer Matt for two Cameron. of the drummer for two at at points of of the uh, big four of grunge. He is from oh, yeah. uh, Sound Soundgarden too. Like that's almost like, yeah, you know, it's almost like Dave Lombardo being in Metallica too. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I mean, that's insane. Um, it's also one of those times where an album literally does what it says because they used what's called um, binaural recording techniques in yeah. the production of this record. Uh, essentially, what that means is that it's meant to sound like you're in the you're in the space that they're in with them, with them kind of playing around you. So yeah. it really plays around with, you know, the stereo field. You know, there's a lot of stuff panned in the left ear. There's a lot of stuff in the right. Uh, but this album opens up pretty straight up rock and roll uh, yeah. with uh, Breaker Fall, God's Dice and Evacuation. But it eventually goes into some really cool vibey stuff too. Uh light years and nothing as it seems like really begin to delve into playing around with the space of this album. Yeah. Um, of the, of the girl is a cool psychedelic song. To be honest, 
most of the album is cool, spacey, psyched out alt rock, and I really enjoy it. Like, it's not an album where I really know the tracks by name, but I really like its vibe. But yeah. as a result, as a result of the songs not being as memorable, it I, it kind of has to sit lower on the list. But I feel like this one could climb up the list on any given day because yeah. it does have some cool. It has a cool edge to it. Yeah, agreed. It's pretty much just a really cool, vibey, chill out album. Even if it does have like some up tempo, rocky stuff yeah. on it. Yeah, I remember I had friends, I had some friends that were and probably still are really big Pearl Jam fans. And I remember when this album came out, we would just sit around like smoking weed and chatting and this album would be on. And it's a perfect album for that. Just just sit and like don't really like. You don't. I mean, it's it's cool to listen to in headphones because you get to hear the 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 way they kind of space things out, and it's kind of interesting. But just the whole overall vibe of the album, it's a good. It's not so mellow that it's going to bore you, but it's not. It, it's it's very. It, it's got a chill vibe even in the rocking songs. It's got this sort of just like yeah, just just hang out and we're going to play some rock tunes for you. And I I, I like yeah. that about it. It is. It does have a nice vibe. To be honest, now I'm looking at it in relation to some of the other picks. Like, mm-hmm. I can't stress enough. My list isn't set in stone, uh, especially the bottom half of it. Like, they are subject to change on any day of the week. To, to be completely but, honest, uh, this is the Pearl Jam is one of the bands we've done where I feel like things could move around with all of their albums any given yeah. day. Because there are some times that certain things hit me in a in a more positive way than other things, and that was the interesting thing listening to it because I got to the point where I didn't really know how to rank some of these because I'm just like I don't know yeah. they if you know it's 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 because some have strong qualities that are different from another album but the weak qualities in this album they're stronger in this one and so it's just. At the end of the day, it, it's I, I just had to go. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with how I feel. I guess overall, yeah. Which is you know, which is what I don't normally. I don't like to do that. I like to really sort of look at things from you know far away and go. Well, where does this sit in their catalog? But they don't really. They I feel like like their music. Their there needs you need to let yourself feel something. Like there needs to be some emotion going on because they're a great band. Yeah. And sure, they do. They do interesting stuff in some of their music, but I think at the end of the day, you, you got to feel it. And so I, I felt perfectly fine with uh, just kind of going with my gut on a lot of these. And it's like you said with that um, perfectly fine thing <laughs> that, yeah. that, that you said that you said about Lightning Bolt is that at the end of the day, no matter how we feel about these albums, they've nailed something with each yeah. record like it, yeah there's a certain thing they do really well on each one and i think it literally comes down to whatever mood you're in really um yeah. well the thing that i want to give them a, a lot of credit for though is that they are a band that continues to put out new material that not only do their fans like 
but their fans actually care about. I feel like they're the kind of band, you know, you go see some bands and they go, we're going to play one off the new album. And you kind of go, should I go to the bathroom now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where I don't think Pearl Jam is that band. I think Pearl Jam is a band that the fan base, they put out a new album. They play five songs off that album. And and when they see them on tour and they're like, fuck yeah. And, and that's, you got to give them some credit for that because a lot of bands, they start doing albums later on down the road and people are like, play the hits. And I yeah. and their their fans aren't like that, and I that's pretty cool. I will say that's that's the thing, you know, me being me being quote quote unquote the eighties guy in all of my <laughs> friend groups. Uh, I do think that the more you know early late eighties early nineties bands that were on the alternative thing have aged miles better than like. Oh any of the glam bands did because the thing is yeah. like the the thing is with like the 80s hair metal thing uh, as much as i love it most stuff post 1992 just it's missing the it's missing the fact that it's not from the 80s anymore yeah. and it's yeah. whereas like a lot of these albums even later on these will stand the test of time and not that not that you know those 80s bands won't but they it's a different in, in a different ter- way in terms they, of you need you need of an 80s vibe and and whereas i think with bands like pearl jam you don't really necessarily need the 90s vibe in order to keep their music alive it's it's it does its own yeah. thing exactly yeah so yeah that's uh that's binaural for me <laughs> Awesome. So my number 10 um, is not binaural. We're going to go with another perfectly fine album that came out last year. We're going to talk about Gigaton. Hey. Um, which which uh, that's the old best way I can put it. It's another perfectly fine album from Pearl Jam. Um, good, not exciting. Um, honestly, it's kind of, it's more of the same. Like really like their later albums, like that's the thing is that like I said, it's so hard to rank them because there's there's not a lot of difference you could say that maybe they throw in a song or two that that feel different from a different album, but at the end of the day, if you mash them all together and hit shuffle, I'm not really going to know what album the song you're talking about came from. Um, yeah. And even the more left field moments on this album, they still feel pretty safe. But this goes back to what I was saying before about how it feels like it's made by people who don't listen to a lot of rock music. So they... You come up with a cool idea and go, oh, this is kind of this is kind of out there. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not really out there. It's um, yeah. But I, I really feel like they they've hit they hit a, a space of playing it kind of safe since No Code. I think No Code's the first album where the vibe changed in the band, where all of a sudden they didn't seem unpredictable. They just seemed like a good band putting out good albums, and occasionally they would throw in some things that were a little bit different, but it all still seemed very safe. You know, you can, you can play these for your mom. She'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of a less interesting version of Pearl Jam. Um, But at the end of the day, albums like this sound like they're made by a a alternative band filled with 50 year old dudes. And guess what? That's, what they are <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i don't know what i'm expecting but still um but yeah there are a few enjoyable moments on gigaton i'd have to say but um some of it's pretty dull 
Um, this is it is one of those albums that I do think that if you're a huge fan, this album's probably great. But I'm not a huge fan, so I expect an album to keep me engaged, and this album does not keep me engaged. And the, the, the interesting thing that I didn't know, because like you, I go and do a little bit of research to see, like, what do people think of this? What did critics think of these things? It's so funny to me that so many of their albums, the even the band and the critics, they will use the word experimental yeah. And once once again, <laughs> that leaves me to believe that they don't listen to very much experimental music because just like putting a hurdy-gurdy on one song doesn't all of a sudden make it <laughs> experimental. It's um and it just the the things that they do are so they're still in a bubble. They're experimenting, but they don't go outside of this bubble. And so it never it never grabs me as like, oh, I didn't expect to hear that, or that was an interesting choice. It's all kind of the same sort of things, just mixed up in a different way. And um, still good, not experimental. Maybe experimental yeah. for Pearl Jam. Like if you wanna if you wanna say some of the shit they did on Gigaton and compare it to 10, sure. There's 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 yeah. differences, but it's not enough to make it a really entertaining album for me. And mm. and so and really the last the last few albums have had that quality where I'll hear a song and go I like this one and then I'll hear the album and go there's not a whole lot of those there's is a lot of sort of whatever kind of songs played by a very talented band and so um, I don't know I I don't know if this is going to be one of those episodes where we happen to get a whole lot of listeners and I'm going to get some shit talking because I'm not. <laughs> I, I maybe I'm not being very kind to them, but I don't know. I'm, why You're am I? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, who, who cares? But the, the the insult I always get is like they're not just going to play power chords over and over again. And I'm, just, I'm I hate when people insult me like that. They just yeah. they think that the, I'm like you clearly don't know anything about me or haven't listened to this show. If you think that I just yeah. want there to be metal all the time, because that's not me. But whatever, yeah. whatever makes people feel better about their, you know, choices, because I'm not saying that I'm right about this because, yeah. you know, they're, we're, we're not redefining. No, yeah. I've heard people talk about Pearl Jam in a way where I go, wow. Yeah. If, if that's the way the music hits you, then that's awesome that they do that for you. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't do that for me anymore anyway. Yeah. As long as it brings value into someone's life, it's, it's doing something right. So, yeah. Um, and honestly, yeah. when it comes to a band like Pearl Jam, to be fair, I know that we live in a day and age where, where people are constantly saying, like, don't keep your political comments out of shit. That's the one thing that keeps me engaged with Pearl Jam, because Pearl Jam, I feel like, is a band that I align with them politically um, and socially. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with them succeeding because we need more bands that have a shitload of fans that also have a, a positive message about moving forward and being progressive, um, not necessarily with music, but with, you know, your, your, I don't know, fuck your ideals, I guess. I have no idea. But, um, but yeah, so that's, <laughs> that is one thing I have to say for them, but let's, let's, let's move on to your number nine, right? Yeah. Number nine Pearl Jam album. Cool. So my number nine is Lightning Bolt. Hey. So this one has some punky energy running through quite a bit of it. 
but mm-hmm. it's again like you say it is pretty front loaded with the energy there um yeah. the first the first three tracks are proper rockers um now this album isn't as consistent as backspacer which is the record that came before it mm-hmm. it isn't without its highlights though and i will also say this Pearl Jam is one of few rock bands where their mellow stuff is my favorite thing they do. And I tend to find that following, maybe even after, I would say starting with Vitalogy, with Nothing Man and uh, Better Man, both the man songs, (laughs) (laughs) with with that, they... um, I don't know what it is. They they kind of just have a real way with uh, emotional slow songs. So like every now and again, I'll hear one of the deeper cuts that is an up-tempo punky one. And I think, yeah, okay, that was cool. But then they'll hit me with something like Future Days. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm fighting off tears, you know? I'm, well, I think I'm it's because it. um, Eddie yeah. Vedder's voice especially later on in their career, he, his voice carries a lot of emotional weight. So when he, when he does, when they do slower songs, I think it gives him more room to, to let that vibe kind of out. Cause that's, I think that's his strongest thing as a vocalist. Yeah. Hell, even as early as 10 with, with black, you know, they've, they've always been good at these emotional ones, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why they're such an enduring band as well, because, yeah, they're known for being, you know, a rock band, but they have this way of connecting with so many people. Um, you know, the the chill songs on these later records are often my favorites. Like I said, um, you know, my highlights for the record, Mind Your Manners, Sirens, Yellow Moon. Uh, Yellow Moon? Why did I say it like that? Uh, <laughs> it's a moon. <laughs> It's immune, yellow immune. <laughs> it's like the guy from um, Simpsons that always goes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why do you talk like that? I had a stroke. <laughs> oh, but um, Future Days is, is a beautiful song that, you know, closes the record out. Uh, and I think it's about his friend who sadly passed away. Uh, and he accidentally drowned or something. I, I remember looking into it thinking, you mm-hmm. know, this is an emotional song. This, There's some shit behind this. And yeah. But as a whole, it didn't do enough to impress me across the board to get very high on the list, but there are some standout tracks on it. And so, yeah. Lightning Bolt. Sweet. So yeah. my, for my for my number nine, I'm going to come back around to one you've already talked about. My number nine is Riot Act from 2002. Okay. And really, like, this one, I think the biggest strength of this album is the variety of songs. Like, there's a wide variety of things going on on this album. Um, unfortunately, only sometimes are the songs actually very interesting. Like, they're... There's some yeah. great moments, but there's a lot of dull moments. Um, I think the problem here is that there's cool ideas and cool or important lyrics 
And at the end of the day, just because you have an interesting idea for a song or you have something to say, it doesn't always equate a good song. And so, like I said, yeah. I, be- I believe this album was more of a statement for them. And it wasn't intended, at least from how I hear it, it wasn't intended to be catchy and have like earworms and shit and parts to sing along live. I don't think it was intended to be that kind of album. So I give them some credit for that. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's, I mean, clearly it's not the worst album. I didn't put it last, but it's just got so many moments where I go back. I've heard this album uh, probably a dozen times since it came out, but I still will look at the track listing and go, I don't know how most of these songs go. And that's the thing that, you know, it's so, but once again, I, I think that, that, the, in the story of Pearl Jam, this is an interesting album, and I and I have a feeling that when it comes to really big Pearl Jam fans, they may not listen to this album a lot, but I feel like this album is important in uh, in the story yeah. of Pearl Jam. And um, but yeah, it had to go here because it's it's. I don't think it's necessarily a weak album. I just think that there's not enough things that connect. Um in the way that I guess I would hope that they would, but, um, but it's, it's a decent album. And honestly, I think this is the last one, maybe one more that we're going to talk about where I don't really have a whole shitload of positives. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, it is, it is what it is. So my number nine is riot act, man. We are blowing, we are blowing through these. Yeah. I, I think it's just cause there's so many, I think there's a common theme with a lot of these uh, later Pearl Jam albums where they yeah. kind of have a core sound and mm-hmm. they don't tend to deviate from it too much. So for one, I, I, I don't want to call it samey because they do add different vibes with each album, but there is a very established core approach that they have at this point in their career. Ah, okay, so that we're on number eight now. Yeah, you, the, right here in right here in the podcast, there may be a weird jarring transition where because because we had some technical issues, and I I, I I believe I finished talking about Riot Act, and then we were doing something, and then the yeah. the inter, <laughs> the internet went to hell um, yeah. for a minute. But now we're back, we're up and running we again. <laughs> and um, and we're going to be moving on to the number eight album for Mr. Eddie Sparks. Totally. So uh, with that, my number eight is the most recent album, Gigaton. Yo, I don't know why I made that noise. <laughs> I'm, just, now, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be back and hear you sounding normally. <laughs> I will say, with that interesting noise you little ma- you just made, there is some <laughs> pretty interesting stuff on Gigaton. I will say, mm-hmm. you know that, like like you said, there is a pretty core Pearl Jam sound, especially on the last most of the last few albums. Um, yeah, but there's interesting stuff on this album that I never thought I'd hear from Pearl Jam. You know, in particular, some 80s-sounding synths on uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance, which really stood out to me, as it yeah. probably did for most of our most listeners of the uh, of the album. It's yeah. a good album, 
with some, you know, it's got some rockers and some vibers, but it does have a cool futuristic retro wavy funky vibe to it sometimes too i've not spent like overly too much time with it but i I already know it's one that'll grow on me um i can hear elements of classic pearl jam smashing into some unexplored territory at points and i like that a lot i like to hear a band this late in the game still throwing new stuff in there and that i think that's something i think that's something that pearl jam to their credit have always done they've they've always been like don't look back let's add something new here and they've kind Mm -hmm. of progressed on even if they have kept certain things they never really took a step back in in you know at least to my ears um Mm -hmm. and so no, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they've ever gone back to an old sound. That that that's has mm. that's not something that they've done. Yeah, they they're pretty focused on moving forward, and you know that kind of reflects. They're one of those bands that it, it's a real journey when you listen to them. Like certain bands find their feet on the first few albums and then stick to that forever. You know, whereas. Yeah. Uh, you know, their first three albums are wildly different. And and then following that, there's a consistent vibe. Like, you know it's Pearl Jam, but this one, I I really liked Gigaton. And it, it sound-wise, it, 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 it sonically really caught me off guard at points. And I was like, oh, they put, they put a little thing here that I wasn't expecting. And I really liked it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little ride through a band that's been around thirty years now, mm-hmm. still finding new takes on their sound. And you know, it did take like seven years to make. But, <laughs> but <laughs> has um, it been that long since their last album? Seven years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lightning Bolt came out in twenty thirteen, and this one was last year. Yeah. That's wow. a pretty wide that's a pretty wide gap. I think recording for this album started in 2017 or something. I looked it up, but uh mm-hmm. that's quite a while to make a to make a record. That's like the same amount of time it took Metallica to do um Saint Anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this one was less turbulent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I, I. It's a it's a perfectly good. That's what I said when I when I talked about it. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's yeah, a, yeah. That's. I don't, <laughs> I don't, it's it is what it is. Um, but that obviously I already talked about that one, so that one's not going to be my number eight. My number eight is one that you've already talked about. Uh, the hey. two thousand two thousand album binaural. By by binaural is that right? Shit, it's <laughs> binaural. <laughs> it's like a binaural. It's like that Tool album. That's like, is it called Anima? It's like I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Binaural. But we talked about this a little bit. This is an album that, like, I remember it coming out, and and I get. I think I had more of a relationship with it just because of my friends. Because like I said, I had yeah. friends that were really into Pearl Jam and everything that they were doing. And so I got to hear this one a lot. Um, but I really do feel like this is this still hits the same 
the same sort of, of, of pluses and minuses that their stuff has since, you know, no code where there's some really good songs, some okay songs, some kind of boring songs. But overall, we talked about the vibe of this album where it's, it's just an interesting album to listen to because it feels some albums just sonically feel enjoyable, even if it's not necessarily the songs that are keeping them enjoyable to you. Um, and yeah, this is the first yeah. album with Matt Cameron on drums, and who is a beast. But I I really do think that he's he's a little bit underused in Pearl Jam, and yeah. maybe. That's nice because at the end of the day, you're just like, oh, I got, I, I'm drumming in this great band, and I don't really have to do anything crazy. You know, it's it's pretty yeah. basic drumming. Although he he does throw, they, occasionally they have some odd time signatures here and there, and and he still puts his Matt Cameron spin here and there on a few things. But I really think that he compared to the Soundgarden stuff, though, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, I don't have a whole lot to add from what you said about this album. I just I I like it more just because the overall vibe of the album is enjoyable. Even today, you throw it on today, and it still has that cool vibe that just sounds good. Some albums just the the vibe and the sound are, are good enough to uh, carry the album along, and I think that's the biggest asset to by by Neural. Here's here's another abrupt edit, everyone, where. Um, we've had to completely change how we're talking to each other. and uh, But you know what? Um, we are not going to let that stop us from bringing you a quality Cranked and Ranked episode. We only have a couple more albums to talk about in this one, so let's just let's get to it. Um, with our, we're on number seven of uh, Pearl Jam. My county has decided to take up residence in an F5 tornado, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let's 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 get through this before my roof is ripped off. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we at? We're at number number seven. Number seven, cool. So my number seven is Avocado, otherwise known as Pearl Jam. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, of the first three albums of the new millennium, uh, Binaural, Riot Act, and this one, uh, this one feels like the most focused release since kind of Vitalogy, whereas it's got its rockers and its mellow ones, yeah. and they do exactly what they set out to do. Mm -hmm. um, life, life Wasted... Worldwide Suicide and Gone, you know, they were the singles from this record. But I found a lot of the deep cuts to be my favorites on this one. Yeah. Uh, Mar Marker in the Sand, Parachutes, and uh, Inside Job all stood out to me. Uh, all in all, this record feels like they're back on track again. Uh, seeing as Riot Act came off the heels of, you know, a couple of tragedies and they were... T uh, I've, already, I've already talked about Riot Act, but yeah... This record feels both stripped back, but kind of cerebral too. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's just kind of really fleshed out punky alternative rock, really. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I I just really like it. Yeah, it's a it's a good album. It's a number seven middle of the road. Um, bam, this. 
satisfies. <laughs> we we can we can uh, we can now count this as our first um, our first connection because this is also my number seven uh, the per- hey. self self titled Pearl Jam album. Do do you nice. know why they went with a self title for this particular one? I, I tried to uh, look it up, but I didn't see anything that was definitive on what their reasoning was. I think what I've read uh, somewhere, I mean, it could have been Wikipedia for all I know, but uh, the I think it was because they didn't want to use any of the song titles as uh, the album, because I uh-huh. think they just wanted this one to be kind of a return to form. And okay. self-titling it Pearl Jam was was a good way. And the the avocado on the front cover was actually stemmed from a joke. They were like, ah, f- put an avocado on the front cover for all I care. And they said, that's <laughs> that, that's not a bad idea. And to, to be honest, like, simple as it is, it's one of my favorite album covers for some reason. I'm just drawn to it. Yeah. Like, it's just so non-pretentious. It's just like, here's an avocado. And it's like, cool, I like it. I like an avocado. They go yeah. well in fajitas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it, um, is, it is It is a It's a really energetic and urgent album. And yeah. prob- probably the last one that I feel like carries that feeling throughout it that they did. Um, yeah. And I think the problem is that some of the... Some of the songs aren't as strong as I would like them to be because it's almost like the the songs will have a guitar riff or certain part of it that I listen to it and go, oh, this is cool. But the song doesn't necessarily deliver on what right. that could be. But overall, the energy of this album is so good that it's just really enjoyable. And honestly, this was the I started to think about this because we talked a little bit about Pearl Jam's political views and sometimes they have political things in their lyrics but to me they're never really overtly political in the lyrics occasionally they have been but most of the time they're not and so there's a part of me that started to think about that and I used to say used to think well it's it's I guess it's good to kind of put the things you're trying to say in a way that isn't necessarily um, drawing a line and separating yourself between other people. But at the same time, I start to think, are, are you really doing yourself a disservice by writing mm. that way all the time? Because if in 2020, some people were just starting to figure out that Rage Against the Machine were political, then I <laughs> guarantee you that most people have no idea what Pearl Jam are singing about. And that's that's that says yeah. a lot about the public at large when it comes to music, because it's like most people don't bother to listen to the lyrics. And if they're presented in a way where they're not beating you over the head with what they're talking about all the time, it's even harder for these people to mm. sort of get the point of what you're trying to say. <laughs> and so if Pearl Jam is a band that wants to have a political stance and wants to carry a message across, sometimes I'm all like, maybe maybe the, the lyrics should be a little more on the nose at times um, because otherwise, why, yeah. are you, why are you even doing it, you know, at the end of the day? But, um, but I mean – you could say that that's a plus because sometimes overtly political lyrics are kind of 
kind of embarrassing and lame. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so it's, but it's just interesting because I was just listening to some of the lyrics in some of the songs and I go, well, yeah, he's, he, fi- he finds a way to say a lot with things that don't sound like he's saying a lot, I guess is what I'm trying to get yeah. at. That was not said very well. Uh, maybe I need Eddie Vedder <laughs> to write what I talk about so it would sound nicer. But yeah, it was just a thought that I had in my head because they they are political, but you if you just listen to the songs, you know, if you're that kind of fan that doesn't dive in to the meaning of everything and and listen to, you know, things they say outside of the albums, you may not get the fact that there's a whole lot of that in here. Um yeah. And really, like this album, I think some of the songs are really strong. You already named, you know, like some of the ones I think are the or some of the strongest. But um, I think, with, like with a lot of their albums, it does get a little bit less interesting as the album goes on. And yeah. um, so that left it here, like you said, kind of in the middle, where it's just like cool. It's got some cool parts. It's got a cool vibe. I like the urgency of the album, um, but it doesn't have enough songs. They just grab me and go, this is awesome. Um, even though I, I would say that it's it's still a very strong album, so I had to put it at number seven. Cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're finally at our number six. Numero after six. Our, after a multitude of technical issues. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is a, this is the most... I guess when you know when this is all edited together in the podcast, people will be like, "Well, we 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 couldn't even tell," which is good. But um, normally, yeah. we don't have a lot of issue, technical issues. It's pretty rare. But you know, yeah. But you know, we we have a job to do. We have we have fans. We have peanut butter platypuses out there that are relying yeah. on us to bring them um, our quality entertainment. Um, so let's let's wrap this one up with our number six Pearl Jam album. Cool. So uh, my number six Pearl Jam album is Yield. Oh, okay. All right. So first off, this album is the same age as me. Uh, hey. It came out in 1998. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so this album marks a slight return to a bit more of a straightforward rock approach compared to No Code, which came before it. Yeah. Um, like right out of the gate. Uh, Brain of Jay is a banger. Fucking love that song. Faithful has a cool chorus mm-hmm. and, you know, some great guitar moments. And No Way reminds me of mid-90s Soundgarden, you know, especially that cool Eastern-sounding part about three minutes in. Given to Fly is great. I, you know, I don't care if it's basically going to California <laughs> by Led <laughs> Zeppelin. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen was uh, Given to Fly being played live and they had someone uh, they had a woman doing sign language mm-hmm. and i i don't know if they it, they found out that maybe there were they were going to be playing for maybe a group of deaf people or something and they they figured something out but like what a cool thing to do you know i mean um, that, that i i don't know if that I, I, I you know you've seen you see footage of like metal bands that have like the lady doing the 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 mm. sign language along with it so i don't know if maybe certain venues they they offer that or how that even works because it's i've never yeah. seen i've never seen it at a show that i can think of but you see footage where they hire somebody to come out and sign all yeah. of the lyrics 
That yeah, I I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wish list is is chock full of great melodies. This is a really good melody album. Um, Pilate grooves hard in the chorus, mm-hmm. uh, and and do the evolution is a rocker. Oh shit! Yeah, um, and that music video fucking yeah. rules. Yeah, it's it, it's also the first music video they'd done since the ten era. Because, you know, through the 90s, they basically spent their time undoing their own fame. Yeah. Um, wh- wh- who was the artist that did it? He's quite a, quite a prolific comic book yeah, artist. Yeah, it's, um, it's, what's his name? Uh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit, that's a good video. <laughs> um, so it was done um, by Todd McFarlane. Ah, and Todd McFarlane, cool. he did. He's done a whole lot of things, um, comic book, right? You know, art and and animated stuff too. But um, he also yeah. he also did. Uh, I believe he also did Freak on a Leash, the animation. Oh no way! In, uh, in the corn video. Um, That's cool. But it's a it's a. I, I love that video. It's like it never it's never dull to me. Like it's just always a really cool um, thing to watch, and which is. Which honestly, when it comes to animated videos, like sometimes they're really dull, and I don't know, yeah. I don't know why. Because I'm I'm very basic when it comes to music videos. I'm all like, just show me the band playing the song. That's why I'm watching this music video. But sometimes, yeah, there's a video that comes out like "Do the Evolution," where I'm just like, this is just beyond cool. Like uh, this reminds me of like there's a video for "All Nightmare Long" by Metallica, and it's got yeah. that same sort of vibe where. It's just such a cool thing to watch that I just don't even care. I'm just like, this is like a piece of art here, literally. You yeah. Know? Super cool. But yeah, th- this this album, like, it's it's a much more rock focused record than its predecessor, but it never gets to like Vitalogy's level of aggressive punkiness either. Like, they do include uh, Red Dot, which is literally a red dot in the track list and it's this weird steel pan instrumental type thing in there too uh and push me pull me is pretty wild uh plus i like that fun hidden track at the end that one Mm -hmm. um in hiding has a really majestic chorus too and it's it's probably my favorite on the record next to brain of jay honestly this is an album that I don't necessarily think to reach for, but when I do, I don't regret it. Yeah. It's one of these like sl- it's it's one of these sleeper hits for me. Yeah. Where it's like it's waiting there and even though I've heard it like at least 10 times, every time I hear it I find something new to love about it. Yeah. You also have got to yeah. point out that that Jack Irons plays the drums still at this point in the band who was in the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers early on. Um, which I think he's 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 a pretty he's not a flashy drummer, but he's perfectly good. Um, Too right. So really, like the, uh, you 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 mentioned it briefly, but do you, how do you feel about the comparison between "Given to Fly" and "Going to California," the the Led Zeppelin song? Does it does that does that kind of thing bother you when 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 songs are very similar to other kind of well known songs? I I wouldn't necessarily say it, it bothers me. I just I just think it's funny. You know, I, yeah. I like I like when people can turn around and say, you know, both songs are great. 
but it's it's a pretty clear uh I don't know if I don't actually know if it was directly inspired by um I mean I would hazard a guess if it wasn't directly inspired by then it's a crazy coincidence <laughs> I don't but, I don't uh, think it was just coming from my experience yeah. as a songwriter sometimes a song comes out of you and it doesn't you're you're subconsciously maybe pulling from something but it comes out of you naturally so that's why things like actually yeah they don't they don't bother yeah. me when, because i know how that works because i have written songs where i would go back later and go wow this thing that wasn't directly in my brain because it wasn't something i was currently listening to a lot all yeah. of a sudden pulled this other thing and then later on i go well yeah that's that's clearly where i got it but i didn't know it and so it's no fault of the songwriter because occasionally things yeah. especially when you're dealing with rock music because there's only so far you can go in the world of rock music but sometimes a melody just goes well with something that you've written and the melody just seems similar to something else but at the end of the day if i wrote a song if i was in a band like pearl jam and i had written a song where I went, this song is great. This song is finished. I want to put this song on the album. And then even as recording it, if, yeah. even before recording it, if somebody had came and said, oh, like, sounds like going to California, I'd still be like, well, it wasn't. So let's record the yeah. goddamn song and put it out. Because it's... That's it, fair. That's why I think that the the people, you know I, know, I know people like to point that sort of thing out, but it just happens. And maybe it was connected to the song and maybe it wasn't. But it's when people start getting attorneys involved that i just go come yeah. come the fuck on like because that that always leads me to believe that the person behind that one song didn't actually write doesn't write songs because they don't know how that yeah. happens sometimes and so that's why i liked it really really recently there was a thing with was was is her name olivia rodrigo um my my uh, wife's really into her but she has a song that sounds kind of like, I believe it's Pump It Up by Elvis Costello. And people are like, oh, this is a ripoff of ah. Elvis Costello. And Elvis Costello came out and said, that's just how this shit works in rock and roll. Sometimes you take stuff yeah. and you make it your own. And that's, he's like, I've done that as well. And I'm like, yeah, because that's how it works. That's why, that's the response that you will get from a legit songwriter. Tom Petty did the same thing when Sam Smith came out with a song that sounded really similar to I Won't Back Down. And he's just like, Okay, well, I mean, it's it sounds sure it sounds similar, but it, yeah. it, that's that's how these things work. And so, if you're able to get two hit songs with a with a similar <laughs> a similar yeah. like you know uh, chord structure and, and and vocal melody, then I'm like that just shows the power of how fucking good that is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. It doesn't bother yeah. me, but it's an interesting discussion because I think for for some people it it's a problem, and for other people it's not. And for me, it never is as long as the song is good and it's not blatant. You know, if it's if yeah. it, you blatantly lifted something, um, then I would go. Eh. But at the end of the day, how do I know it was blatant? You don't know. I will say as well, now that you come to mention it from a songwriter perspective, there's been a couple of times where I've written progressions or riffs on a guitar only to find out two years later that, oh my God, I just accidentally wrote Zombie Eaters by Faith No More. <laughs> because I, you know, I I, yeah. I remember it, like one of my first ever like things I quote unquote 
wrote, <laughs> I was um, playing around uh, like really early on in my you know days of being a musician and playing guitar. And I remember sitting there and I'd learned the part of um, the, the clean guitar parts of Welcome Home Sanitarium yeah. by Metallica. But I just kept it anchored in that yeah, and and I thought, ah, oh, you could build a whole ass song around that. Uh, you know, lo and behold, two years later, I hear the real thing and think, ah, oh, shit, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jim Martin already did that. Yeah, but um, and I had a similar thing as well where I also wrote the riff from aneurysm the yeah. i legit thought i'd come up with it and the thing is the funniest thing is i named the riff nirvana ish because <laughs> i thought it sounded like nirvana come you were, to find you it were was right. fucking nirvana yeah <laughs> i was bang on yeah well, yes yeah, yeah when you're when you're dealing with things that are a little more simple that's a dangerous road that's yeah. why that's why I get so bored with a lot of these like doom metal bands, stoner metal or like garage rock, all of these styles that like have a lot of these big these fans that just love hearing the same crap churned out over and over and over again and I'm like the this it, I, I don't care I'm not yeah. I'm not saying they're ripping off somebody but there's only so far you can go with that style that, yeah, you're going to start repeating yourself. And now there's all these new bands who are also repeating those bands who were already repeating things. And it's just, it, it becomes redundant. It's like, you know, why would yeah. I, yeah, why <laughs> just listen to the old school stuff? If that's, if you're that, I, I've never understood that. Like we want to make sure we have an old school sound. Well, then I'm just going to go listen to an old school band. Like just, Find a yeah. find a way to incorporate yourself into the modern day, because um, because you can do it. There's bands that have done it, but I, I'm, this is another tangent going going here. It's like you know, it's just a preference kind of thing. But I think with with uh, with a song like "Given to Fly," I just really think that the vibe was there and it lent itself to having to sounding like that. And it just so happens that it's similar to going to California, which to me, at the end of the day, I would rather hear given to fly over going to California because it's just a better song in my opinion. But, um, I guess, you know what? Led Zeppelin ripped shit off from enough people that people can also rip shit off. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not one of those people that jumps on them either, because I think that a lot of their ideas were taking old blue standards and making new songs out of them. And that's kind of fascinating to me. But um, yeah. but the Stairway to Heaven one is the one where it's like you hear the other band that did the song, and I go, wow, that's really similar. But I'm willing to bet one of them just heard it and didn't remember it, and then wrote it into a yeah. song that became a more classic song than the original song. So, but who cares? At the end of the day, we got Stairway to Heaven out of it. <laughs> no stairway denied. denied. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's it for. What, did you? Was that your number six? That was my number six. Cool. So yeah. let's 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 uh, let's wrap this up with my number six. So uh, for my number six, um, th- this is an album that I actually have listened to quite a few times, and I think it's very strong. Uh, my number six is the two thousand nine album Backspacer. Hell yeah! And um, this is to me the best album that they did in the two thousands, and probably because it hits 
enough points with me with energy and really catchy, hooky, fun songs. Like just the first, well, I mean, the, God, there's all sorts of great songs, but like the, the, the fixer is an amazingly well-written like pop rock song. Um, yeah. And then, and uh, got some is a fucking great song. It's just, it's a, uh, it, Yeah. I think it's a really strong album when it comes to the band that Pearl Jam became. Um, this is the most enjoyable for what I would like. Now, once again, it doesn't give me anything surprising. It just shows me that these motherfuckers can still write a really great song. And yeah. I mean, this was 2009. So fucking how long ago was this? But, um, <laughs> but it, this is one that, while it does still lose a little bit of steam later on in the album, it's an album that over the years, if I go back to it, I still go, this is great. Like it hasn't lost any charm for me. Yeah. The the one gripe I have about this, and it's not just this album, I for some reason can't stand it when bands decide that their album artwork is going to be a series of pictures all in a row. Like it, it <laughs> is done the, that twice. It is the most boring <laughs> thing that I. It, it doesn't matter how cool the pictures are. It's just because I'm such a big fan of album art and, a, and an album art concept. But even if you yeah. had the same artist draw nine different things, at the end of the day, it just makes me feel like you really didn't have a very good idea for an album art, and you went, "Oh, this is cool. Let's pick nine images and put them all in three rows, and that is the album cover." And that's it's just really boring. But the album <laughs> inside is uh, is very cool. It's a very cool Pearl Jam album, and I and I really enjoy it. So I had to put it here as as my number six, um, which wraps us up for the first half of the. Pearl Jam, I was gonna say Rankathon. I don't know why I was gonna say that. <laughs> Rankathon, the Rankathon. <laughs> it's the it's the ranking. But um, if it's it feels like it was a struggle to get through, it just was all our technical problems. But you know what? We made it. We did we it. We did it. We did it. And and to be fair, for those of you who um, were wanting a lot more Pearl Jam love. Um, it's going to be coming in the next episode um, for yeah, sure. The circle jerk begins. Yeah, because they, <laughs> I, I have to say that um, for the first few albums, I, I was really into Pearl Jam. Like I really liked them a lot and, and I was a big fan. So you're going to hear me talk about um, some of those albums. And I guess for really big Pearl Jam fans, that might be kind of boring to be like, oh, I like the old stuff better. But it's you know that's just how I feel, and um, <laughs> so so that's why this one was a little more I was a little more critical about some of their stuff. But um, I don't know. You have any you have any last words here? Uh, nah, nah. It's, it's just <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I I feel like the the thing is with these albums, like we talked about, there's there's a pretty clear. Uh, or at least for most of them, there's a pretty clear intent behind each one, mm-hmm. but they uh, they manage to add something unique, at least you know to most of them. But all in all, 
we're we're gonna be talking about their their greatest works mm-hmm. next week. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, peanut butter platypus to those of you who are still here. And um Hell yeah. To if, if there are any uh Pearl Jam fans who are listening uh for the first time, um we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um no no uh no offense. Um, for, for some of the things I said, I, I don't know why this particular band is the one where I'm all like, ah, maybe I was kind of harsh on on old PJ here. I I I do get that though. It's like the the thing is, I don't think they ever made a bad album. Nah, I think they just I think they made albums that perhaps don't cater to my specific taste as much, and I think. I do think they have a tendency to just hit it out of the park a lot, even if it doesn't necessarily connect with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it is. It is. I, that's why I brought up the Red Hot Chili Peppers earlier because not only are they connected as bands, but also it's that same sort of thing where when you have a, a certain number of albums where every album I just go yes, and then you get to albums where I just yeah. go all right, then that it, it it's it's a disappointment. <laughs> no matter how good they are. You've gone Fair. from from being very enthusiastic about a band's output to being sort of like, ah, oh, well, it's good. They're still doing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So next time we're going to, the enthusiasm will be there and hopefully the internet will be there in a, in a better way than it was <laughs> today because the internet really beat us down in this episode, but, you know, yeah. but we prevail. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Like Eddie said, we will be back next week with the top five Pearl Jam albums. And so until then, as I always do, I'm going to throw it over to my man, Edward Sparks, to take us out. Let it do it.